the more expanded you are, when you feel really elated, when you feel really excited, when you feel really happy, in love, joyful, appreciative, you, you really expand your auric field, right? And that is what starts to, when you look at it, it's what starts to attract, mag magnify, and bring things into, into your space. Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fan podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I am your host, my name is Carolina, and I am the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Terrell Cherry, the personal coach and the mindset coach. Welcome to the show, Terrell. How are you doing? Hi, I'm so good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am super, super grateful uh, that you agreed to do it with me again, because last time we had some technical issues, so this is going to be our second uh, time we're trying to do this, although the <laughs> microphone still doesn't work, and the website doesn't work, and the internet doesn't work, but we're doing this, guys, for all of you, so tune in and listen, because today we're going to talk about manifestation and all the tips and advice and what people do wrong in manifestation as well because i think it's important to uh, talk about this stuff because you know uh, there's a lot of things out there in the internet and all these different people teaching us how to do this properly and law of attraction and secret and all these things but uh, how to actually manifest what you desire uh, this is our question today and so i would love to start with your story at first to just tell us like how did you get to be now a manifestation coach in a way and what has brought you to where you're at right now ah that is the million dollar question uh it's you know it's it's been a it's been um an experience of unfolding i think there's been a lot of curiosity and shifting and changing within me as i begin to learn about my human design and how i operate in the world i first got into manifestation by wanting to simply live in a different state from, <laughs> from the place that I was. I wanted to move. And there was just this inherent desire to expand, explore, and evolve. And um, this was around the time that The Secret came out. And it was one of those moments that I started to recognize the power of focus. I, a lot of things were changing in my life at that time. I was getting into tarot reading. I was really shifting into more spirituality, more, more desire, more focus. And uh, from there, my life just took off. I moved a few different times using the same technique that The Secret taught, really just being intentional about my focus, being intentional about what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. I went from one place to another and started growing in these ways. And the more that I was curious about who I was, the more different tools started coming into my space. So started with manifestation and tarot, got more into meditation and mindfulness and uh, the, the act of gratitude and journaling. And, you know, from there, my, my career even started to shift where I was a hairstylist and then wanted to connect deeply with people. So I uh, wanted to connect differently and motivate people in a new way. So I went into fitness training and that, that journey took me to another part of the world. And uh, from there, more challenges, more challenges, more learning opportunities, more unlayering started to happen. And this is where I, I really began to look at my mindset and recognizing how mindset and manifestation really go hand in hand. There's a, there's a really good marriage, or, you know, a, a tight connection between mindset and manifestation. And that's how I'm here. Long story short, it's, it's really been a process of curiosity and unfolding. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I totally agree that mindset is one of the most important things when it comes to manifestation. And so uh, I would love to talk about beliefs and how they play out in this whole manifestation area, right? Because it is so important and everyone is talking about changing your beliefs in order to change your reality. So um, how would you say that beliefs are affecting our manifestation skill, let's say, or power in a way? <laughs> Well, I think that beliefs, and I, I always say like our beliefs 
are akin to wearing goggles or shades or glasses, right? Um, you know, your beliefs are the way that you perceive the world and your self-concept, what you're uh, capable of, what's available for you. If you're the kind of person that believes that the world you live in or the universe is conspiring with you, right, you'll be more, in, in my opinion, is you'll be more prone to to really go after the big dreams, to to motivate yourself to change and shift and you, you, you try to figure out how to handle different circumstances of your life. But if you feel like the world is a scary place, if you feel like things never work out for you, if you feel like you're never, you never win at anything, you end up kind of, you end up creating a defeatist personality where then mm-hmm. you're unmotivated, right? Or you really have to, I, I need to see it before I believe it kind of mentality. It won't work for me until I absolutely know that it's going to work, right? And I think that can limit a lot of people and what they think is possible, i.e. what they think can manifest for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, I love that you're talking about the possibility because really I work with one of the methods, it's called Psych-K, about it's, and it's like harmonizing two hemispheres of your brain to uh, shift a belief in order to release resistance between right and re- left hemisphere or the other way around or both. And then the potential in your subconscious mind opens up. So I love that you're talking about potential because one of the uh, ladies on my podcast as well, I think it was Ria uh, Soku, she was talking about how one of her manifestation tools is to write, is it possible that I have this and that? Oh yeah, it's possible. And then you like open the possibility, open the potential of this reality in your subconscious mind to, to be there, right? Because it's all about potential. And then the action is what actually brings you results. That's why in Psyche we always talk about action steps after we form some beliefs and we release resistance to them open the potential in subconscious mind then we need to take action to actually bring something in right because so the universe can flow and can bring you all these different situations and conditions and people but if you don't take action if you don't go for it then you know you're not gonna get anywhere probably even if the potential is there so i love that you're touching upon potential here Uh, and i would love to also talk about this fact uh, that we probably already mentioned that but you know one approach is that we work on our subconscious mind, right? Because it operates, we, we govern, uh, I mean, blah, blah. Uh, our subconscious mind governs our life. We operate 99% uh, of our life on subconscious level, right? But then there is another approach of superconscious creation. So, of course, for most of the people, I would say it's good to work on the mindset and on the beliefs and, you know, how they shape our reality, but also... As I mentioned, the William Whitecloud's course, Create Your Destiny, it's all based on the creation from the manifestation from your higher self. So in a way that you admit where you're at, okay, I have these limitations, these beliefs, and then you actually focus where you want to be on this vision that you want to create with all the senses, you really feel it, right? And then you're like, okay, I'm here, but I want to be there. And then you create this kind of creative tension, the gap between where you're at and where you want to be. So obviously you want to know where you're at. So you want to know your limitations. You want to know your beliefs. But he says, and I really want to question whether you think that it's possible like that, um, that you don't need to change your beliefs. It's only necessary to accept it and admit it that this is where I'm at. But if you create this creative tension, this gap, between where you're at and where you want to be, then, and if you don't have resistance, right, then the universe will just flow and kind of bring you all these things that you want. But these desires, this vision for yourself needs to come from from your higher self, not from your mind saying, okay, I don't want to be scarce because I'm afraid of whatever, survival, right? It needs to come from your truest calling. And so how he sees it is like, okay, know your beliefs, know your limits, know your Enneagram type, your personality type, know all that. But in order to create the reality that you want, you don't need to erase all limiting beliefs. So how do you feel about that? I have a lot of questions about that to go deeper, you know, especially with beliefs. If beliefs control 99% of your life. And I think one of the, I think one of the distinctions here is the... Yeah, I I agree. I think awareness is key. Uh, I think action is one of the secret ingredients to manifestation. A lot of people think manifestation is just like you can be, you know, and that's 
trying to back it up just a little bit. That's one of the things about the secret that I think was missing key part of it. It was just like, just think, 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 think. There wasn't really talk about action. It was like, they'll just appear. Right. Um, I think that action is a really big vital part, but if beliefs are a part of your operating system, right. Your modus operandum, if that is how you move through the world, uh, yeah, uh, recognizing that these are my beliefs, these are my limitations. I accept that. I see that. But I'm not going to let it deter me from believing in the possible, right? And I think that's kind of what you're saying. I'm not going to let it stop me from pursuing my dream. I'm not going to let it stop me from actually committing to visualizing, right? And getting into that emotional set point uh, of where I want to be. So I'm going to actively do that over and over again so I can really get into that mindset, so I can really get into that emotional set point. And then I'll have downloads of action to take. People will come into my life and motivate me, right? Or I, I, I will be guided, like you're saying, from your higher self to do or not do something. And I think this is a shift in belief. I think if you, I think this is a shift in, I think you're, you're actively learning how to change the dial on your beliefs slowly but surely by recognizing them. Now, yeah, do we want to fight against things that are inherent in us? Do we want to, do, do we want to be, I don't know. Sometimes I think sometimes it takes to be delusional, right? In in what's possible in order to make it possible. I feel like I would need to talk way more about how this person is responding with their beliefs. I I don't think that just not changing your beliefs is correct, but I also don't also think I I do think that you can manifest what you want and still have some limiting beliefs, right? To to a limit, I think. It just depends on how it's really how it's really moving you or how it's really m- manipulating you and, and changing you and shifting you because that is what I believe. I believe that if you understand what your where your limiting beliefs came from, if you understand why you created the belief in the first place or what it's doing for you, right? Like what the intention is for the behavior, if you see all of that, then you're able to choose differently. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I agree with that. Uh, and I also have a perspective on it in maybe a different framework because I feel like for me, it was really important on my journey to work on my subconscious beliefs and to just open up these limits, right? Open up these potentials of things happening in my life as I wanted. But I also have just such different uh, approaches from all these different sources of information that I just want to combine them and just talk about them because I feel like William Whitecloud's method is kind of like, okay, so you uh, visualize the future, you feel it, you smell it, you, you are there, right? And then you come back and you say, okay, now I'm here. This is how my life looks like right now. These are my limits. And then you say, I choose, but I choose the end result of this. And then you visualize it again. So it's kind of like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm at, but this is what I choose. And then you give the sign to the universe. Like, okay, this is the reality that I'm choosing. And so for me, it's like, yes, the beliefs work perfectly and working on our subconscious, I think it's important, but also I don't feel like it's required to change them to manifest what you want, because I feel like what's required is actually lack of resistance. And however you want to create the lack of resistance is going to bring you what you want, because like, and this is manifestation also in like super conscious way where you just say to your soul or to the universe, like, this is what I want, bring me this. And then if you don't have resistance because you accept where you're at, you accept your beliefs, you accept your limits, then your, you, your acceptance brings you lack of resistance. So then everything can come to you. So for me, I would just boil it down to lack of resistance. And another thing that I want to share is that once I had this um, psychedelic experience with my best friend, ex-partner at the time and I really could feel that like visualizing and really feeling and smelling and tasting and and being in this experience that you want to create you know power of visualization it's kind of like sending a 
uh, MMS to God, like, this is what I want, or to the universe, to higher power, like, this is what I want. And the more you do it, the more energy you put into it, the more emotional charge you give it, the more energy you put in it. It's like you're more and more aligning with the quantum uh, version of the universe that is Absolutely. what you want. So the more energy, it's like, okay, you're further away, but then you send one MMS and the second MMS. It's like a reminder, hey, universe, this is what I want. Hey, universe, you know, this yeah. is what I want to be. I think it's like, I, I, I love that. And I kind of think of it like, um, there was a movie called Donnie Darko from like years and years ago. And there was, you know, they... They, there was like a depiction of people walking around with wormholes coming out of their chest and like guiding them through. And so they were really on this path. And I think uh, like that, when you do get into this visualization, you get into the emotion aspect of it and you get into really uh, the sensory part of your visualization, because we have senses that create our reality. With, if you took away, you know, taste, sound, uh, hearing, if you if you took away sight, if you took away smell, if you took away all of that, how would you really know what was real, right? And so the more that you can start to create with the senses, you create, you, I see it as maybe throwing a spear, right? That has like a line attached and you, you, you throw it and it hits that vision or it hits that reality, that potentiality, that possibility. And the more you do that, you're able to really like pull yourself or really attach yourself to that vision. And you know, there's this book called Reality Transurfing. And this is really what we're talking about. The more that you decide on this vision, the more that you decide on this potential, the, the possibility, the more you're able to hop on to different timelines, hop on to different versions and, and really create that life. And yeah, I agree. The less resistance you have, in anything, the easier it's going to be to actually create what you want, because then you're divinely guided, right? And when we say divinely guided, this looks like the coincidence, right? And I say that in air quotes, but like, this looks like the coincidence, or this looks like the chance happening, or the the synchronicity that's going on. And this is really you living with as little resistance as possible. And we do that, what? By really accepting the now moment. Mm -hmm. yes absolutely and that's what i believe as well that you need to have no resistance and that's why i believe uh, that if you visualize something only i would say visualize until the point that you can really believe it and you can really tap into it and you can really feel that it's true because the moment that you have any resistance anything coming like oh that's not true or, oh that cannot happen then you're blocking this whole manifestation flow of the universe that wants to bring you what you want it wants to serve you wants to be there for you but then you're if you're doubting it if you're hesitating if you're afraid or if you just start doubting your vision and your visualization then it's kind of like blocking everything <laughs> and this is also what uh, absolutely it's written in the book about my favorite book about money it's called love money money loves you by sarah mccrum i actually translated this book to polish this is how good it was once in meditation it was like my soul told me hey polish people need this polish people need abundance do it and i'm just uh, about to put it on amazon and start selling it selling it in poland this is how much i believe in it because it's literally changed my life and, and it's a channeling of the energy of money. Money speaks to you through this book. It's like, hello, I'm money. This is how to manage me. And this is how to not. And then um, it's like the whole, the whole idea is like you have a relationship with money. You're forming a relationship with, with this energy. And one of the things that money says is like, if you request something, then it's kind of like an application to some kind of government. Okay, this is what I want. And then you apply. But then the moment you start doubting, the moment you start hesitating the moment you're like oh but maybe it's not gonna happen oh maybe this maybe that it's kind of like the, your application is stays on the desk and it's waiting for you to open up again to be receptive to be joyful to be relaxed and to be allowing for this manifestation to to come to you and if you have any blocks any resistance as we said before then it's gonna just chill on this desk and never move right and never it's gonna never gonna come to you so um yeah this is how they describe it and i really like it um in this way and also a big big theme in there and i'm curious if you if you really agree with that is enjoyment and relaxation 
these two factors that if you enjoy, like your energy opens and you're like, yay, everything comes to me. And you know, you're very receptive to everything because money is energy, abundance is energy. And also relaxation, because if you relax all your energy like channels are open and then you're able to let in more energy. So would you agree that these are big factors when it comes to manifestation? Absolutely. One of the highest frequencies, right, is joy, happiness, love. Uh, you know, those are the those are the strongest frequencies for sure. And your your heart, right? Your emotions, you know, your emotions emit, emit really push out one of the the biggest electromagnetic fields that that we have and so the more the more expanded you are when you feel really elated when you feel really excited when you feel really happy in love joyful appreciative you you really expand your auric field right and that is what starts to when you look at it it's what starts to attract mag magnify and bring things into into your space so i definitely agree the more expanded you are emotionally the more open you are vibrationally the the better your manifestation magnetism and precision will will be if you can consistently committedly and intentionally raise your frequency just by doing things that feel good over and over again and really recognize like, wow, I feel good. I feel good, right? You start to expand that auric field and it pushes out so far. We don't even know how far, but it's very like, you know, like I think what we read in books is it's not even as much as we really, really know, truly know. Um, one of the things I wanted to back up that you were talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm reading a book called uh, the, this, the Energy of Money and Happy Pocket Full of Money. And this is the thing, right? Like when you start thinking about money like a, like a person is what I've really been starting to think about, right? Like giving money an avatar, right? Mm -hmm. So when I start to work with clients, especially with abundance, when we have money blocks, it's like, okay, so if you were to think about money like it was a friend in your life or just any kind of person in your life, how would you describe the relationship? How mm -hmm. would you describe the person? And it, it really will start to tell you, oh, okay, this is why money is behaving this way. Money is energy. We are energy, right? Like, and, um, you know, within this matrix, we're all made of the same energy. So looking at it separate is really the resistance, right? You're looking at a thing and it's separate from you. That's creating distance. That's creating space. But if you start to look at money and say, okay, you know what? We're the same energy. The more I kind, the more I engage with my energetic field about money, the more that I change it, the more I look at money and I appreciate money and I use money the way that it wants to be used, the more my relation, the more that shifts the relationship and I start to articulate what I want differently and I start to feel what I want differently and I start to behave with that money differently, which changes mm -hmm. everything. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly the big message of this book as well. It's like, hello, we are money. We are the energy of exchange. We are all the connections between you and other people. Without us, the world wouldn't be the same because ev like everything is exchanged. The exchange is everywhere. So if you resist money in any way you resist the world you resist life you resist uh, everything so that just brings us back to the lack of resistance mm. right if you're allowing and allowing all of the all of the experiences all of the Absolutely. things that are coming to us so yeah i resonate with it so much and i also one of on one of my manifestation workshop workshops i also said like so yeah if you have a friend and if you say to the to, to your friend you are not enough seeing me or you don't visit me enough or I'm going to lock you in the room now. You're never going to leave. Like, you know, this is how we treat money sometimes. It's like we take it and now you're going to chill on my bank account and I'm never going to touch it. You're just going to be there. It's like, come on. <laughs> if it's your friend, it wants to move. It wants to be in flow. It wants to help. It wants to be given and received, right? So also giving and receiving, I think it's a big theme in this whole topic because I feel like so yeah. many people are focused, especially in spiritual community. So many people are focused on giving and they have struggles to receive. But in order for the flow of manifestation and abundance to 
to be there, we need both sides, right? So what would you say to all these people that are brought up in this kind of giving mentality mm-hmm. who maybe struggle yeah. to, to be open and receptive? Well, there's a block. There's, you know, there's imbalance. And again, if you, and I was, I remember once I was doing a workshop and I was charging for it and somebody messaged and was like, I never charge for services. This needs to be uh, done for free. And it needs, and I'm, and I was just like, well, this is an energy exchange, right? Like this is an exchange of something. This has value. This has, this has, uh, no, this has value. Money is representative of value and that's all it is. And if I want to live a life specifically, let's talk to all spiritual beings, right? Who want to live a life that's on purpose, who want to live a life serving others, who want to do things on their own terms. How do you do that? If you are only giving, 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 you are then your, your auric field, it has all of these holes in it where you're never refilling, where you're never de- regenerating, where you're never receiving, right? And it's important that you find that receptivity and you, you, you find what works for you, especially when it comes to money and finances, because if you are living a life where you're consistently worried, you're constantly under stress. You you don't have enough to fill your cup up with. How do you have the energy to support others? It's not it's it's, it's impossible. You're you're always going to be in mental anguish because you're constantly trying to survive. And we want to be. <laughs> we want to we want to be in a state of bliss and be in a state of you know, gratitude and abundance. And the more that I receive, (laughs) the more I can give, right? I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to help people who are not in the same spot as me get to where I am. And I want to be able to use the resources that I have to do that. And so when I think about money and I think about the things that I can do with that money to support my community or to to be in places that I normally wouldn't be able to be, that is a motivating factor. If I am stuck in a nine to five job because that is the money, right? And I don't have the energy or the time or the resources to go out there and be available for people, how am I living my purpose? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because I feel like money makes you more of who you are, right? You probably heard this quote and I really agree with that because if you're giving, you have a lot of money, you're going to help a lot of people, right? It's not going to change inherently who you are unless you have these parts of you that are dark, that want to maybe just go for power or significance or whatever. The person, then you just want to spread this abundance everywhere. And if you are poor, how can you? to abundance it's like it's impossible you need to get somewhere to then help others get there as well and so i totally resonate with what you're saying and thank you so much for sharing that because this message is important we need to be able to receive and there is nothing wrong in taking money because everyone can be wealthy that i really do because everyone has service and the value that they can share so it's just about our our limitations our block cannot do it what do you think about the idea of it being intentional to, uh, you know, for forces who, who want to keep these secrets at bay because they know that the more people realize that they are powerful creators, that, they, that abundance is a birthright, that they're allowed to be successful. The more people who realize that, the more successful everybody is, but you need people in fear and pain and anguish for control. Right. And I think that oftentimes that message of uh, spiritual sovereignty or like financial sovereignty for spiritual beings is is not a good thing. I think that message being pushed out was a way to keep secrets low. Right. To keep secrets hidden, to keep abundance uh, in a shortage, which is kind of a, a paradox. Right. Because abundance is the opposite of shortage right abundance is 
infinite. There's there's no finite level to abundance. When you have abundance, you can give, 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 and still have enough. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it's the same with love. And it's the same with other energy. And I totally agree. And I feel like maybe it also comes from now that it's coming to me, that maybe it came from all these ascetic, it's called ascetism in English, ascetic like uh, things that people did. And that's why this kind of like association with spirituality and ascetism got entangled. And I understand ascetism because like when I was fasting, for example, for three weeks, right? Didn't have any water for a few days. And then I was only on water for the time. This like ascetism in a way brought me to my spirit more. And that's true. And you, you know, because if you detach from the earthly desires and solid food and material stuff, okay, you can go higher in vibration and you can explore the spirituality, but we are humans. And if we only go, go there and up there, right. And we, we don't bring this groundedness, this material world, and we don't connect them both, then we are missing on half of our life because we're only in the spirit world. And if we were mm. meant to be in the spirit world, we wouldn't incarnate on earth, I think. That's my exactly. belief. But I we agree. need to combine the spiritual and the, the material world, and then we can fully experience the human experience because we are humans, right? So this is what we are here to do. We are here to be powerful manifestors and uh, you know be abundant in the... Mm. In, in life on earth, but also be about our spirit world. And I feel like, yeah, this ascetism is an idea that is great to explore and it's great to detach from the outcomes, right? Detach from the material world, but still you can manifest with detachment. You can, you can say, okay, universe, this is what I want. And then let it go and then detach from the outcome. And then no matter what happens, you're okay. Right. But yeah, I just feel and, like it and, was kind of mixed up some somewhere on, on the way, right. The, this idea yeah. that, oh, spirituality, oh, that's not wealth. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm really hearing people say like, oh, it's greedy, that's greed, that's really focusing on the material. And I think like you're saying, detachment, right? Like really being detached from it, not like you're, this isn't the, this isn't your driving force. This isn't, this isn't the thing that you, that you're living on, right? It's like you, you, your, your why is much more deep and way more connected to the growth and potentiality and expansion right and yes we live we live in a very dense energetic material world to to ignore that is it, it's conflicting right it, it it causes a lot of discord and i think that when you allow yourself to be as multi-dimensional as you are right and you allow yourself to we're always going to have desires we're always going to have uh the 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 want to change and evolve and shift and grow and there are going to be things in our lives that we want there are going to be things in our lives that we want to create when you realize that things like money things like the car that that relationship the house uh, you know the ability to travel it's not when you when you detach from the thing and you say you know okay Money is going to provide me freedom. Money is going to provide me the ability to live a life, uh, the, the live the life that I want to live. When, I, when you realize it's the emotional aspect that you're really going for, you're then able to release the attachment from that material looking thing, right? And it becomes less about the money and more about the feeling, more about the emotion, more about your dream and where you want to be and who you want to inspire, who wins when you win. That's what it really becomes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's also about what you want to contribute to the world, but also mm -hmm. about value. And I would love to uh, come back to this theme of value because in the book, it was beautifully described what value is and how it plays out when you want to. Uh, there was an example of really loves reading books, but it's not very much into listening. It would be hard for them to spend, let's say, money on the audiobook rather than a paperback, right? Because then yeah. you don't value the audiobook as much because this is not your way of, uh, you know, doing that was an example of the CD or whatever but you know it's like if you don't value this you're not going to spend the same amount of money 
uh, than if you would spend on something that you do value. And there was also this kind of formula in the book that said that if if the value isn't there, like if your self-worth and how you value yourself plus the, the worth to this thing is going to be like not equal the the, the energy, like the, the value is not going to be on the level that that you value yourself and that you value this thing. And if you're going to pay more or less, there's going to be imbalance. Even if you want to buy for cheaper, there is still going to be imbalance, you know, in the energy. Mm. It's like it needs to be equal of how much you value yourself and how much you value this thing. Because obviously self-worth is very linked to that. Because if you feel like you deserve all the best things, you're going to buy yourself the most uh, healthy cosmetics or the most comfortable clothes because you, you love yourself. You want yourself to be or you want to have you know high quality stuff to to just improve your life so if you deserve feel like you deserve it right then you're gonna value it you're gonna spend money on it and you're gonna spend money on yourself so but in other ways there's gonna be imbalance and there are also ways to kind of like balance it out for example they talk about that you know if you are grateful for something this is how you add value and you add exchange so if you for example buy something and then you recommend a friend to buy the same thing this person is going to have more value from you because you're already spreading the word about this product or the service that you bought and then this is how you can add value right so value is a big big theme and i feel like it's such a individual matter that so many you know different people value value different things so there's no one answer to that and there is no one way uh, to look at it but th this energy always needs to be in balance and you can balance it out but uh, this is an approach that was depicted there so would you agree with that uh for sure and i think this is exactly uh, like when you apply it to manifestation right and you apply it to anything like value is subjective what you value is not going to be the same as anybody else because of what you value, right? You, again, that's so true. Somebody who values books, right? But doesn't really care about movies. They're gonna spend way more on books than they will going to the movies or purchasing movies, right? Their interest, their value, the level, what's important to them is geared towards the books, right? Now, money, I think is a representation representation of your inner value, your self-worth, right? How much money you're really bringing in or how much how you behave around money. It's, it's really indicative of like your, your value, your worth. Do you see yourself as someone who is worthy, who is valuable, who, who can really create and generate the wealth that they want or at least be able to take care of themselves that they the way that they want to or are you someone who has low self-value right mm -hmm. because w when we talk about when we talk about where your level is right where that is you're either going to have like i'm really valuable or i'm really low i'm really you know kind of not valuable and if you teeter in any way that makes you uncomfortable this is where you begin to self-sabotage right to find that coherence again to find that homeostasis because the body loves to be comfortable our minds need to be comfortable need to be able to say like this is normal i recognize i can i can see this going i know where this is going i can predict this i've been here before it feels familiar right so imagine if you have a high self-worth and you're used to your bank account having ten thousand dollars right? And that's like your homeostasis. I feel good with $10,000 in my bank account. The moment it dips to like $5,000, you're probably like, oh, like your body starts to go into fight, flight, freeze, right? So it activates the nervous system, which then motivates you to do something, right? I need to do something. I need to get into this action. And your body starts to go so that you begin to build that money up again, right? Getting you back getting you back to homeostasis. Now imagine you're somebody who may have a low self-worth. So you struggle with money all the time. So money's flip-flopping around, money, money's gone and it's coming in, it's gone, it's coming in. The reason why it does that is because the moment you get to, let's say, let's say you're used to having $1,500 in your bank account, right? And the moment it goes from 1,500 to you win a big, a large sum of money. So you get $50,000. All of a sudden, 
You're like, I don't know what to do with all of this money. Your nervous system goes crazy again and it starts to do something, right? To get you back down to where you feel comfortable. Now, this is all about the value system. The more you value yourself and the more you realize I can do this, I can handle this, great, yes, oh my goodness. I am, this is abundance, thank you, wow. Like, okay, I, I wanna ride this wave of gratitude your self-worth begins to rise, right? And that money begins to settle out. And all of a sudden, your money ceiling, right? Kind of raises and it shifts and it changes. And you can really start to see this. The more you, you practice gratitude, self-worth, right? The more you really do these mental shifts of confidence and you put yourself out there in new ways, you're gonna see how other things begin to change. Your relationships, right? The quality of relationships that come in will change. The people who aren't, the people who no longer value you or the people who probably never did value you, they will wash away because energetically, it can't, it, you're doing all of this. You can't meet, right? There has, there always has to be a level of communication vibrationally. Otherwise you repel. And so you see this in all areas of your life. And I agree. If you value education, you're going to spend money on education. If you value personal growth, you're going to spend money on personal growth. If you value clothes, you're going to spend money on clothes. That's, that's what it is. And that's beautiful as well that everyone values something else and everyone grows through desiring. If we don't want more, then we don't go with the natural flow of the universe. Money was talking about in the book that a lot of people have resistance to it because of our system, right? Nine to five and just spending uh, your half of your life at work. Um, in this or other way, going to work or you ha having a job, so many different ways as a person so it's not only about making money and having these material things it's also about how you grow as a person and what who you become thanks to mm. earning money right and if you have higher goals and you're going to have higher and higher goals and there's nothing bad about it there's nothing i don't know selfish about it. there's nothing materialistic about wanting more because like everyone wants more and they give this example in the book it's like have you seen a baby doesn't reach for more doesn't want to more toys have you seen a teenager that doesn't want more gadgets and shoes and whatever it's like it's a natural thing for a human being to want things so why do mm. we suppress all these things and say this is bad this is materialistic this is not how it's supposed to be it's just bullshit <laughs> yeah i agree you know babies come out into the world with high self-worth they say i'm gonna cry until somebody comes and helps me I'm going to cry until I get my needs met because I'm worth it, you know, and conditioning is real conditioning. We've been conditioned to think, oh, no, 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 no. You can't be egotistical. Wanting more is egotistical. Wanting more is greedy. Wanting more is selfish. And I'm like, yeah, if you're not helping people, if you're not service, if you're not really thinking about the collective, of course, yeah, that's, that's probably not great. But remember that you are someone too. You are a someone too, right? And it's important that your someone, you, your person, yourself gets, gets to enjoy this world and gets to enjoy the life. Like, why would we come here? Why would all of this exist if it wasn't meant to be experienced? Why would all of this exist if we weren't meant to go through it? I agree. When you go to work, you begin, I was listening to Abraham Hicks um, uh, like this talk that Abraham Hicks was doing, and it was on um, leaving, shifting out of jobs, shifting out of careers, right? And Abraham Hicks was saying how when you go to a job, you start to, like you're saying, you grow and you learn because then you, it really starts to clarify what it is that you want. You start to engage with people in a new way, and then you say, I don't love that. I want that. I don't love that. I don't love working these hours. This money that I'm making is not enough, right? And so then you begin to ask and seek more. Now, the problem that I think that a lot of people do is instead of like saying like, oh, I'm being shown something that I don't want. What do I want? 
instead of really saying that, they say, I hate this, 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 I hate this. And they stay in this, like looking at the thing and saying like, I hate this. And and that's non-productive. That's unproductive. That that isn't that isn't actually looking for solution, right? That's 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 avoiding the the lesson that can be learned. That's avoiding the expansion. That's avoiding now being able to really start to articulate what it is that you want. She says, when you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. And I, I just love that because the more you have a challenge, contrast, right? The more you see, don't love that. You then can say, well, what is it that I do love? And that is where you begin to focus, right? So at the beginning of this chat, we were talking about visualization, right? Getting into the emotion. Great. I don't want to be in a job where I work a nine to five. I want a job where I'm free. And this is exactly what I did. I want a job where I want a life where I can wake up and do my own thing. I want a life where I hop on a podcast and I start talking about the things that I want to talk about. I want a podcast. I want, I want a life where I'm working with people and laughing and helping them see the power within themselves. And I'm sitting there and visualizing that every single day. I made, I'm making recordings of, you know, making recordings where I'm listening to myself talk about this life and talk about how, you know, abundant I am and how happy I am to be in this space. And I am seeing it unfold in front of my very eyes, right? We're to the point where now I am there and now it's like, okay, great. Awesome. I'm grateful to be here. I'm happy to be here. What else can I do? What else is a, is a, is possible? What else is the potential here? Because I love where I am. I love the whole space of what I got to. Like this whole journey, right, has been up and down and challenging and fun and uh, scary and, you know, but now look where I am and it's like, whoa, what else is possible? This is amazing. And I loved what you shared. Uh, and it, it boils down to, again, lack of resistance, because if you are in the job that you hate, you're like, okay, I'm not resisting this job. I'm just going to learn and move on and then do something else. Then it's like, okay, you can, you can treat it as something empowering. And if you are in the creator, right, not in the victim, if you're in the creator, like, okay, what can I do differently now to learn from it and then to shape my life in the way that I want it. And I have a little story because it's very fresh. I feel like every experience we have, we can treat like that. We can learn, okay, this is what I want. We can say, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. And, you know, with me, it was the same with my ex-partner to uh, have a Polish guy but my ex-partner was Polish but he didn't speak Polish and I'm like come on universe why do I have to be so specific so now I'm like the Polish guy speaking Polish universe please disclaimer because you need to be so specific sometimes that is even funny uh, I, I think. but yeah I I agree I agree one of the things that I always like talk to my clients about especially when we're talking about manifesting a relationship I say make sure you specify wants to be in a relationship because that is the thing that we miss all the time. And so you end up meeting people and you're like, oh, they're so great. But then they're like, I'm not really wanting a relationship or I don't, you know, they're t t uh, tiptoeing on the things. And so that was like one of the, one of the number one things was like, is ready for a relationship, ready for a relationship, ready to jump in. Cause I, I agree. Like you sometimes have to be, sometimes the things that you don't think you need to be specific on, you actually need to really, but, but again, because you dated somebody who was Polish, but didn't speak it, didn't speak the language, you were then able to say like, oh, actually, this is, this is exactly what I want. That's actually what you wanted. And so you got really specific with that. And, it, and oftentimes that's why, you know, when I was going through my dating phase and um, really, really beginning to curate the kind of relationship that I wanted, every person I dated even after the relationship, I was like, wow, it's getting closer and closer to what I want, right? And I think that's the whole experience. You just get closer and closer to the things that you want each time, you know? And instead of being exasperated or frustrated with the process, just be in the process, you know? Be like a, be like a scientist about it, um, you know? Really investigate and, and have, your, have your, your, your hypotheses and... Um, your your projects and you say like what would happen if I did this right or what would happen if I went there what would happen if this happened right and just being 
in that process to evaluate, to investigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and be curious about what's coming, right? And I can really, uh, I have a, a another story, little story to what you just said, because after I uh, broke up with Ricky, I, a few months afterwards, I started seeing this guy who is actually a musician. And I'm like, oh my God, I now I want a vocalist who plays guitar. And laughing because I was saying whoa the universe has probably already set some things up for me to meet a guy but I'm like just disturbing the process of this person being on the way to me because I'm like uh-uh universe I actually want someone even more specific now so you need to start the whole process of bringing me this person again because now I want a Polish guy speaking Polish you know spiritual and this 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 and that and the vocalist who plays the guitar and it's like I learned more about myself and even though this maybe what now I know exactly what I want in life, right? I know exactly mm -hmm. what I want and how I want to uh, feel in the relationship and what we do together. So yeah, every experience is bringing us more to alignment and to our higher self, I feel, because, you know, no matter if we go through traumas, if we go through resistance, it's still for our own growth and expansion and still serves us massively so yeah thank you so much for sharing all that because it was a uh, really beautiful and really helpful and so for all these people who are super curious about you and would like to learn more about you and follow you what's the best way to find you instagram is the best way so terrell cherry is my it's pretty very very just that terrell cherry i am super active on there and yeah if you dm me connect with me want to talk like that's the best way um, I also have a podcast as well called Magic Meets Mind, and where I, I just talk about my experience. It's really a, an experience space. I'm bringing on people who are interested in spirituality and manifestation. So that's something that I'm curating right now. And yeah, that's the, those are, that, that Instagram really is like where I live. You can find me on TikTok. I'm so discoverable. <laughs> I am so discoverable. Um, but Instagram is the easiest way to contact me. Perfect. Amazing. Maybe I will. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> we're going to absolutely make that happen. Yeah, Perfect. Let's talk about money and manifestation. You can feel it. I'm super passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We have, we're gonna Thank make it happen. Thank you so, so much, brother, for sharing your energy, sh sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge. I'm super, super grateful that you agreed to uh, share yourself with us. And yeah, I'm hoping to jump on the podcast with you one day and sending you much, much love and gratitude. Oh, thank you. Back at you. I'm so, this was amazing. Your energy is so contagious. So I, I love it. I love it. I love it. We're, we're going to be in touch. So we're going to stay in touch. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much, beautiful souls, for tuning in. If you'd like to find me, I am The Connection Catalyst on Instagram. So I wish you lots of beautiful manifestation and lots of abundance flowing to you. Stay tuned to the next episode.